Hello uh, to all listeners. This is the Chet and Devin podcast. Huzzah. Uh, I am Chet. And I'm Devin. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. We're at it again. Devin, can you hear me okay? Uh, yes. Loud clear. Definitely. Good, good. Fucking good. Awesome. I'm glad uh, the launch of episode four is off to a good start. And uh, we can conclude it at that. No, I was just kidding. Of course. Yeah. Uh, how are you? <laughs> um, uh, all right, I guess. Uh, <laughs> you know, same old stuff. Um, just, you know, trying to get through all this stuff, 2020 and everything. So. Yeah, 2020 is a crazy year. I never, uh, never thought when, I don't think anybody thought when 2020 was coming, you know, what we would get as a pandemic <laughs> from uh, from the gates. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's, I don't know when uh, everything will end, but I guess, or it might not, who knows, it'll be a new, it'll be different from here on out, possibly. I don't sort of a new era. Yeah, kind of like the day of the automobile. I, it feels like we are in a time of modern history. I mean, now more than ever, history is always being produced, you know, like Obama will be in the history books and things like that. But this, this coronavirus, I'm not saying it is like the black plague. I know it's not killing people and it's not, I'm not comparing it to the black plague itself. What I mean is it's a phenomenon on a global scale comparable to the black plague in the sense that it's making like history. You know, we yeah. haven't had anything like this. And this is sort of a modern-day Black Plague, uh, not in terms of its damage, but just in terms of, like, historical importance is what, I, what I'm trying to describe. So De- Definitely. It's, to- uh, it is something that, uh, you know, not many people have experienced, probably. So. Yeah, I, I don't think this is... Uh, alive, that are still alive, at least... <laughs> I mean, I feel like some some of the closest things like to this would be uh, of like global, mm. you know, global kind of, uh, you know, importance is like, you know, the world wars or not. I mean, even the Great Depression was, you know, exclusive to America, like other countries had their own problems. But uh, the world wars were, you know, huge, the, the Cold War. But Definitely. I don't know, uh, this this is something crazy because it's it's affected the whole world so um, pretty gnarly Uh, (laughs) I hope it I hope it goes away I mean we're definitely humanity and all life is just gonna have to you know adapt uh, uh, in some way and I feel like this is forcing everyone to be smarter it kind of it kind of is a good big sign that we're not even though humanity sort of dominates the the world, generally speaking, or at least the places we populate, uh, we're still not like unstoppable force. You know, we're pretty fragile. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's kind of an eye opener. Uh, well, and just trying to stay positive anymore is a <laughs> is a is a challenge. Or not not staying positive, but just trying not to feel defeated because it's almost like uh, b- between the coronavirus and our topic from last episode, uh, you know, at the riots and, and mm-hmm. everything, um, 
it's there's just you know kind of dark times everywhere <laughs> we thought this would be like the time of the future um you know there's ps5 and all the new systems were supposed to come out uh it's snowing it was a major plot twist <laughs> you know where sure. it's almost yeah. like a bioshock plot twist it's uh well someone I I don't know if I can if I'll say it correctly, but we're like as close to two thousand as like nineteen eighty is to two thousand or something. So yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, yeah, it feels that just feels like less like that feels like half a millennium ago or something like that versus <laughs> you know it's objectively not a lot of time that's right it's yeah it just feels like that's so foreign though like 1980 you know like yeah Yeah, it it feels it it feels i don't know i know it feels a long time ago in one sense it doesn't yeah the 90s don't even feel like that long ago uh and that's i don't know yeah (laughs) but yeah that's 1990 Oh uh, yeah, because this is the year I turned thirty. I mean, I turned thirty in May, and so that was, uh, you know, this is all sort of a weird year. Not that the age really means anything; it just sort of coincides at a weird timing, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, um, it's like all right, thirty. You know, I wasn't I'm not the kind of person where I uh, go out and get wasted anyway. I mean, you know, change those habits, but uh, I probably would have had a pretty chill birthday anyway, but I would have liked to do something exciting too, you know, maybe do something adventurous for my 30th birthday, but I had to uh, have a quarantine birthday, which was fine for me. I, I enjoy it. I, yeah. I'll be the same on July 9th. So nothing special. Really. Yeah. 31. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. uh, that time thing. Well, uh, to kind of, uh, did, well, let me ask first, because I usually start, did you have any news or anything interesting? Uh, yeah, I can't say I have this time, to, to be honest with you. It's just been all the news things have still been flooded with, you know, um, George Floyd stuff. And, uh, oh, yeah. Anything I've tried to look up was or anything I've come across is still all to deal with that. So it's still everything right now, I guess. Yeah. The population. I mean, you know, you could, unless you look harder and find the other things, but it just dominates, uh, you know, weeks later, it's still it. Yeah. (laughs) Right now. Yeah. I, I really hope because of just how large scale, uh, you know, this uh, George Floyd responses of, of how it's really affected so many people, uh, the, the whole nation. And I really hope this this can bring a lot of change. Uh, I really hope this, uh, especially with just cracking down on, because it seems like the police force just doesn't have uh, uh, really accountability uh, or just with that one officer having like 14 or so corrections uh, or violations, I'm sorry. He, 
there needs to be sort of like a three strikes route or five strikes route, some, some sort of accountability for your actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it just seems like the, the, I don't necessarily think there needs to be a, a huge reform. I think the system we have in place just needs to be corrected or, or tweaked or updated because a lot of the country, like as it was formed, was formed for conditions, you know, several, many, many, many years ago. And we are in different times. A lot of these like laws and things were not written uh, in a time of social media where social media, you know, commerce and talking and everything like that was in a way more dominant than just talking in like supermarkets and malls and so on. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's uh, I just don't know what change. They, I hope they just realize this change doesn't happen overnight. I mean, Unless, no. they, unless they want to protest like every day up in for the next couple of years. I, I just don't know. You know, it's, it just. They just no, need, it doesn't happen. It's just, it's just the long game. So. Yeah. Um, I feel like these, what we're seeing is, uh, is people like, you know, so desperate just because of, of how many have people have died. You know, and, and in one sense, it's, it's, uh, I feel like, uh, I would, like, I feel passion for this, you know, circumstance already, but I feel like I would have even more passion if I was sort of closer all to it. Cause I don't even, like, I don't, I don't deal with any of those, uh, that context. I, I don't see it. Like a lot of people have reported that they see those Minneapolis police officers, go through that same sort of routine where they're kneeling on someone as, as arresting them. And, uh, I, if we were seeing, if, if, if I was sort of closer to the bloodshed, I, I would probably be protesting too. And if, especially if I didn't have, uh, kids, I, I'll, I hope none of this sounds, sounds bad. I, I feel like I'm making excuses, but I'm just struggling so oh, much no. already, but I am, I feel like, you know, as much as I can emotionally and virtually support, uh, George Floyd and, and anyone who's trying to promote peace and create peace, uh, you know, I, I always talk about that. So, understandable. Yeah, I, I um, I just, it's it's just yeah, but I mean, I can say that it's tough just because I, you know, I kind of, I don't know if it's really a good way to say this, I guess, but. I just kind of have my hands full with plenty of my own issues that I can't, I just don't know how to like deal with this in addition, you know, it's like, I, it's like a tough thing. It's it kind of, it's just happening at a time where I'm struggling and stuff and the virus and everything. So it's, yeah, I just don't know. I can't really, uh you know, devote too much attention to it, to it myself. Tell you the truth, like mental bandwidth wise, it's, I guess. No, I, absolutely. And I mean, there's, there's some, I, I don't know. There's some people who would take fault or have problem with that. Just mm-hmm. the, the simple fact you can please everyone, but I really don't, you know, if, uh, if you had an injured leg, you know, you can't run 
on the injured leg. If you're not, I just mean, if you're not mentally equipped or prepared to go into a protest, which is going, going to be a very emotional, uh, you know, very, uh, not quite the right word, but, you know, exciting, you know, like it's high heart rate, intense. <clears throat> it's, it's not, if you're, you know, not emotionally sound or comfortable and you know, especially if you can identify that it's, I think you are being smart. So it's, uh, and you know, you're, we have both uh, been showing support that we can just by talking with who we can. And I I think uh, just try to have discussion with it when possible. Uh, Just because I, I I think discussion is, just very important for getting people to think differently, uh, especially if you're uh, just have empathy. And, you know, I, I always just try to find the answers or uh, solutions. So I just like working sure. with people. Anyway, I feel like I sound like some weird teacher right now. Uh, sure. I have uh, some kind of news that is feels sort of related to this. Uh, and I didn't mention anything about this uh, to you. So I wanted to see... I'm going to come at you with kind of a weird question here. Do you think I should apply for the FBI? Uh, I don't know exactly what it is <laughs> to tell you the truth. Like, I mean, I know the Federal <laughs> Bureau of Investigation, but I don't know what, uh, like, what exactly they do besides like what movies show and stuff. Yeah, like, I don't it, uh, know, like the danger or the risks involved, you know. So let me back up just a tiny bit. Yeah, it. Uh, I mean, I don't even fully understand either. Uh, I did go in through the do- job description, and I'll go through a bit more with that. But just to back up even how I got to this spot is I was just, uh, I talked about before how I've got a lot of drive and I'm always trying to make things better. And so I, I was just looking through jobs of uh, opportunities what to apply for out there. And I saw uh, on Indeed, I kept seeing call center lead, call center manager, mm-hmm. things like that. And just not for companies I really wanted to apply for. And then I saw FBI special agent. I kind of did a double take. Well, what the heck? And <laughs> had to check it out. Right, and so I, <laughs> well, I, it looked, I mean, the money looked good, but I, more importantly, the, I really I'm not money motivated. I am a, uh, like a morality motivated person. And that sounds kind of weird, but when you can, you know, uh, try to identify your, your motivations and I'm not trying to pretend I understand mine. I, I just mean, I'm definitely like morally, uh, motivated, not, not money. What I, what the jobs I like to do, I like to be helpful. I do not like jobs where I have to tell people no, or, uh, reject people kind of like my current job where I'm a, like a security guard <laughs> in a way. Right. Um, and, uh, I like tech support, something like that where I can help, um, uh, you know, just be more helpful. And, uh, anyway, this, this FBI, this FBI gig was interesting because it showed, uh, I kind of met all of the requirements except for, well, I couldn't really do the physical requirement uh i'd have to that's later in the application but the only the biggest problem and the saddest part is that i do not have a uh, a bachelor's degree yet so uh it's 
since then I kind of rushed into having kids and it's been so hard to get that degree going off in the, in the background. But uh, not that I'm determined to apply for the FBI, but it's really kind of a sign that if I want uh, better opportunities, I really should try to complete the four-year degree just, just cause I'm trying to get something. But with the FBI, uh, I'm going back to that morally motivated. Uh, I want to help, help people and I want to try to make things good. And as an FBI agent, I mean, you would be, you'd be like a, you know, a dog, you're commanded, you just have to follow orders. So I'm not, I wouldn't enter, uh, I have to be careful with entering with this mindset of like being hopeful with changing, you know, the system, uh, uh, or trying to make the, the world a better place because, uh, I can't tell how true it is or not, but I've heard so many stories of, uh, you know, police joining because it's, they want to make the world a better place. You know, they want to be the superhero and it's sort of a whole different game when they get to that level. And the FBI, uh, when reading through the job, because they had various roles that they're hiring for that they didn't really disclose. They're just hiring special agents of different uh, special, like different abilities. And they kind of listed skills that they're looking for, you know, tech. Uh, They even listed, you know, business, communication, uh, education, uh, a huge list of just options that you could apply for. So, huge, huge amount of specialties that they're looking for. So, um, if I can get my bachelor's, I mean, I can apply for that. I don't know if I, that's what I want to, uh, I always have sort of some regrets about not joining the air force, uh, cause some of my hmm. friends did it and they, it really helped them. And I feel like I could have learned a lot from that opportunity, but, uh, because I want to work with satellites and some things oh. like that uh, and not see combat. That's why I didn't, <laughs> that's why I didn't go. That's why I didn't commit to it. So I did not want to fight. And some of my friends who were Me uh, like they, their job was to repair jets. Even they got like shot rockets at, at their base when they were deployed. And so it's like, Oh geez, I, <laughs> I, uh, it was stuff like that. I just, I didn't want to get shot. And uh, I mean, all respect to, you know, anyone who has and does and will serve because it's, it's, you know, I, I can't imagine it takes, you know, a certain pe- person uh, to, to do that. I just, yeah, I don't want to try to kill people and I don't want people to try to kill me. And uh, also, not the game I want to play. And it's just Sorry. tough. Um, like, if I were responsible for repairing stuff like that, where if I messed up or did it wrong and it just crashed or something, I, I don't know if I could even live with myself, really. Like, if I screwed up, you know, I was supposed to repair something, or yeah. I, like, I'm, I am a clumsy person, and uh, Me too. I overlook some things sometimes. I, I just don't know. The pressure would be pretty high for that type of thing for me. Yeah. Like some people flourish in that or something, but I just wouldn't want to like screw up, I suppose. I don't know what other way. Especially at such a critical job. I, I know what you're saying exactly because I have the same thing where, it, you know, if we're in a, 
war or military life or death circumstances if you if you make a mistake on you know on a piece of equipment or in the middle of the job or battlefield i mean it can be life or death for mm-hmm. your teammates or anyone so it's uh, i mean that is it's scary just just to you know do you want to watch your friends possibly die do you, things like that you know it's it's that's why i couldn't i couldn't join um i really wanted to uh but I was just too uh, too frightened, and I, I feel like that uh, I still should have done it. Mm. Um, but and the FBI seems like a chance. In not, I'm making it sound like I'm devoted or committed or inspired by it. I mean, I'm I would say inspired, but not to the FBI. Just I'm always inspired to be better, and uh, the FBI seems like some kind of program where. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it was it, it more just came out of left field, so I started investigating it and just like, what are the requirements? You know, what goes into it? What is what are they even looking for? Yeah, you know, can I clue. can I can I apply? And uh, I could go off on t- you know to their the FBI hiring website and read all the. Uh, it doesn't seem like an entry-level type of thing to me. It, it would seem like you get promoted within, like, to the FBI platform. It, it doesn't seem like they would just post that sort of thing. And believe it or not, they, they entry, did on Entry-level. Yeah. Entry-level. <laughs> yeah. Practically, I guess, if, if, you're, if you're not really, but just if you have easy access to the application applying to that job, it just seems more a little more entry level if someone like me can just see that position exist at all you know like and have a chance to even apply to it is just there's just requirements yeah but yeah, yeah like the bachelors and stuff but so that's it having the bachelors kind of makes it not you know entry level and or, or, i guess if we're talking like retail like anyone can apply to a job at the as a bagger for target or something because they're uh, you know, it doesn't, there's no right. requirement like that, but this is requiring the, the bachelor's. And so that's where, but which is like, argue, which is like nothing argue. these days, really. Right. Like that's like, sadly, the minimum for many jobs, it seems like the bachelor's almost means high school diploma, sadly, these days. Like it's unfortunate since I'm in the same boat too. I don't have the uh, bachelor's and I've just noticed in a lot of higher paying positions, uh, yeah. it's like the new high school diploma, basically. It's like, it feels like. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I agree. And it, it does seem like that. And I'm kicking myself for, for not going again. And it's not anything that I put off. It's I, I stopped because I was, I couldn't take care of my kids and take care of myself and mm. do school. I was, uh, especially while my wife was in school too it's there's so much so i've i mean i've learned a lot by focusing on my job and i'm trying to weave back in school on the side uh part of the fbi did not require it uh let me go to the site sometimes i uh kick myself because i sound like porky pig with all my uh (laughs) stumbling over words but it uh the fbi just required you to be under uh 37 i'm trying to go to their eligibility right now so uh 
Let's see. Major duties. The FBI special agent position requires significant commitment and dedication. Special agents must adhere to the highest standards of conduct, especially in maintaining honesty and integrity, be available for worldwide assignment on either temporary or long-term basis, work a minimum of 50 hours a week, uh, which may include irregular hours, and be on call 24-7, including holidays mm-hmm. and weekends, maintain a high level of fitness necessary to complete FBI Academy at Quantico training and throughout your career, carry a firearm and be willing to use deadly force if necessary, uh, be willing to participate in arrest, execution of source warrants, and dangerous uh, and other dangerous assignments, all of which pose the risk of personal bodily harm. <laughs> and uh just, yeah it feels like a nice chill job i guess not really very chill yeah <laughs> so that's a pretty you know pretty high stress pretty <laughs> pretty uh intense but um i i would be even fine to apply for i would apply for it i would have already applied for it if if i like had my bachelor's even just to talk about the position not not necessarily go for it just because i'm so just hungry for information and new opportunity. Um, I probably would have applied for it just to see if I could get into the FBI. Uh, that just cause it'd be kind of fun to say like, Hey, you know, I applied to the FBI and they even let me in, but I chose not to, I didn't want to shoot anyone. So, uh, it, it'd be a fun story. Uh, yeah, there are requirements here. I'm at it. So it's be between 23 and 36 years of age. Uh, hmm. Oh, you have a mandatory retirement age of 57. Okay. Uh, hmm. Anyway, uh, have a minimum of a bachelor's degree from a U.S. accredited univer- college or university. Hmm. Have at least two years of full-time professional work experience. One year if you have earned an advanced oh. degree. So that, that I don't know if I would qualify in there uh, because I think when it says a full-time professional, uh, I think it's talking about something related to your bachelor's, but... Uh, no it's it's not clear. But then it says possess valid driver's license, meet the special agent, physical fitness, uh, be be available to report to one of the FBI 56 field offices. So just go to one of their offices. Uh, so there's not a whole lot of requirements to it other than just uh, have your bachelor's degree uh, be between 23 and 36 years of age uh, and just the two years of full-time professional uh, work experience or one year if it's a advanced degree. So I, I feel like quite a bit of people, I know you and I don't have that or kind of, re, you know, reviewing this job, but I, I do feel like quite a bit of people would have an opportunity of going for an FBI special agent. So. <laughs> right. Even if they were like a American history bachelor degree or something. Like, I guess that's fine. <laughs> Dude, their list, their list of what they're looking for. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's very open. Let me, let me go back to that. Did I, uh, I don't even think I, I've read off of that. Yeah. It just says, uh, while individuals of all backgrounds are highly encouraged to apply to be an FBI special agent, we're seeking individuals with the following skills, uh, science, technology, and engineering and math, STEM, linguistics, law and legal, military law enforcement, education, and teaching, cybersecurity and technology, healthcare services and medical, uh, psychology and counseling, accounting and finance. Look, even business, even if you want to go help the FBI pay their bills. <laughs> yeah, they probably have to do their taxes also, I guess. 
Yeah, and get, and they, get sued and stuff. Probably they gotta pay their electric. Like yeah, yeah, electric bill. <laughs> right. Um, they're uh, yeah. Wow, that's. I mean, see, they have quite a bit. You can be a special agent and just work in their. Uh, it doesn't say marketing, so there's nothing like that. But <laughs> they just make it <laughs> sound that marketing. Make it sound all glamorous, special agent. It's probably like the most uh, kind of thankless. You know, position you could probably get really probably. like you're just doing it because you feel it's the right thing to do. It basically is why I, I could see anyone doing it other than, yeah, like the you know, 007 or something like that. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. Making how that it's written almost, but uh, I know it has to be somewhat you know, appealing or something for people to want to do it in a way to if they can make a difference but it's that's the thing like you're at their mercy of the orders they give you and i guarantee you'll have to do some things you don't want to or, or things you yeah. don't think are right but you have your orders and you'll yeah. have no choice or you'll be a yeah. go have to go a wall or <laughs> apocalypse now yeah right <laughs> the horror exactly yeah. <laughs> uh, man, yeah, that's that's why I don't think this is, you know, the path that I would uh, do. I mean, ultimately, I still would apply for the FBI just because I, I would <laughs> like uh, the experience of just applying and just kind of going through some of that. And it, as soon as they start saying I have to do any weird, um, uh, I, I don't know. I just wouldn't start working is what, what I would mean mm. for it uh, or sign a contract. But if, if it's like, you know, some physical test or mental test, I would be fine with, with taking it just to see where I placed and uh, see if I passed, you know, if they offered me the job. And you're like, no, nah, never mind. No way. That'd be funny. Uh, <laughs> well, we can uh, move on from that. Uh, Hopefully I can just use that. I'm just planning on using that inspiration, just apply and continue to, you know, find work uh, elsewhere and, you know, find my path to uh, just keep uh, changing the world for better uh, and not <laughs> committing, you know, to the FBI where I'd have to use deadly force. And, you know, it, like you said, in times where I don't feel it's right um, and so on. Um, anyway, we watched a movie. Uh, did you watch uh, it again? Uh, no. Or just that one time? Yeah, just the one time I I had, it was still in my mind and I, I looked up, uh, you know, I explained articles on it and yeah, um, going more in depth since okay. it, it just would have been so close together watching it twice in a row that I just didn't feel it was... Yeah, you don't have to. And so, uh, uh, since it was it just was, like a week prior, I, I wouldn't have having now you know watched this movie again, or not again. I'm sorry for the first time having now watched the movie. Uh, I wouldn't re rewatch it either. And we should actually introduce this movie. <laughs> it is a movie from. Uh, it's called Uncut Gems uh, from 2019. Uh, yeah, last year from. Written and directed by, uh, well, it's written by, co written by a few people, but directed by the Safdie brothers who directed Good Time. Uh, I, one, a personal favorite from mine from 2017, I believe that came out. I think you loved it too. Maybe it was 2018. 
around there. I uh, did enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah, I really liked it. Uh, this one uh, is sort of in the same vein where uh, I guess to sort of describe what the movie is, is I would say it's a crime dark comedy. I think that's also what it's listed as too, as just a crime and dark comedy, but that's probably the easiest way to sum it up as a kind of a, kind of a thrill ride, kind of a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. that kind of keeps going and kind of keeps building up and building up. And uh, it brings in a lot of uh, things to juggle, but going to the plot to, to what the movie I guess is about is uh, Adam Sandler starring Adam Sandler in a role that he actually is acting in, uh, which is why I want to watch it because he can be a good actor. I want to see him act good again. Uh, it was great seeing him act good again. Uh, but he plays the jewelry store owner who yeah, makes some not good choices and uh, just tries to make juggle a lot of things at once he really likes winning huh true it's um almost yeah more than anything else i suppose <laughs> it seemed like yeah just that the, was all just was like the thrill and um even if he's can solve his problems he has to get the next big the next high or whatever you'd call it i suppose yeah and, and yeah just, uh, thing since it's several times in the movie, it's just like you're just shaking your head or something like, why is he doing this? Or no, like he had it or something. Or things yeah, like yeah. that. And, uh, but I, yeah, it's, it's, it can be like tense and kind of tough to watch at times because of that for me, especially. Since, yeah. since I relate indirectly, I guess, uh, to him, just, I mean, I have, you know, some spending money issues and buying things when I can't afford them and, and making other bad choices. It seems like sometimes I've made him one after another, so it's kind of just made me think that it's that easy to start falling down the hole and yeah. trying to get back up but you're in your own way stuff like that like, oh. yeah it was uh, it was pretty it was pretty wild because Adam Sandler plays Howard uh, The it's hard to say if it's a small time or high time jewelry store because it looked pretty fancy but it also looked very uh, secluded or hole in the wall so it, but it had some money behind it. So it looked like more of a private jewelry store. I, I guess I would describe it. And uh, yeah, uh, he likes to make lots of, uh, he likes gambling. And he, what, I guess, I guess the movie is him just trying to juggle a, bu a bunch of different wins, not just a gamble, mm -hmm. uh, but a bunch of different wins. And he's sort of like a, an evil genius like chess master with how he's like, because there's so much to remember and you know, the movie will, a character will come back in and say, Hey, ha, you know, have you seen this? And you're like, Oh, I, you, it's kind of leaves it up to you to remember and keep track of some of the information. And you can, you can just remember that 
he gave it away to someone or traded something or uh right he didn't pay somebody or something or yeah exactly but there's a lot to keep track of and i was trying to kind of keep tabs and then i i was like ah i'm just gonna let the main character keep the tabs and i'll just watch him (laughs) and i was just trying to understand at least know what he's juggling and then it was like holy crap he's juggling a lot a lot of things and uh a lot of dangerous things with uh some dangerous people Mm -hmm. uh of course um and family family too and having to you know wife and kids and other relationships things yeah like that. man and uh and then uh for any fans of the weekend yeah he he kind of plays a a weird not important but kind of a bigger cycle unexpected to me yeah i yeah total left field where uh it just how he he, he himself wasn't important, but he was a catalyst, like huge in the story of what kind of what he changed. So he, he plays kind of a, a bigger role than a surprising role um, while not even doing much at the same time. But he's in there. So if you, if you like The weekend, it's kind of cool seeing him. And then hearing Kendrick Lamar also uh, Swimming Pools. I like oh, that song Swimming Pools is in there. There's some true. Safdie brothers use music really well. Uh, they use lighting and a lot of the framing really well uh a lot of adam sandler's faces where he's like he he's got this uh like maniacal smile on where he just yeah he he doesn't yeah he looks crazy in a way like and not not crazy in like joker kind of you know crazy but uh, he just doesn't he looks crazy he's like delusional and stuff yeah, like, that he can actually get through and through all this okay and keep going and stuff. Like, it kind of reminds me of a drooling dog at the table or something. Like when I say crazy, I mean like that. Like so excited that he's just he's just uh, the face that he makes is is sort of shocking. That that big grin and uh, there's a scene, probably my favorite scene, because I always like to figure out what my favorite scene or part of the movie was and uh this this won't be spoilers just a no spoiler discussion uh but but someone uh particularly like a a sports person uh Mm. towards the end of the movie just thought like even acknowledged that adam sandler was like too like crazier than he expected he's uh i can't remember the exact line that was said but he's like he says like, yo, I'm out or you're, you're too crazy where he just, <laughs> you could see he's, he's done with this. And it's just, I, I love that part because the Adam Sandler was just going off this long, long, crazy rant where it was almost like five solid minutes of him talking of just him saying this crazy plan. Uh, I don't know how, <laughs> How he pulled—he pulled it off so well. He sounded legitimately crazy, and even the the other character, uh, yeah, saw it too. Uh, so it was it was cool. I just that was my favorite part. Uh, but there was lots of lots of uh, exciting parts. At the same time, for me, the movie had this weird feeling where I was kind of watching it and I was waiting for the the roller coaster ride to like launch or take off and then when more 
it was sort of towards the latter half of the movie, I realized that like, oh, this is the roller coaster. And I just never felt like as grabbed or as thrilled as the movie Good Time. Not that I'm trying to, you know, compare it too much. I know they're different movies. It's easy to go to people's first ones, but I mean, you got to ask the question, you know, did they, did they improve from the second one or didn't, you know, uh, it, it, this movie is more or less in the same vein of good time. So if you like good time, uh, small time crime thriller movie, which is pretty emotional, uh, it, you'll like this movie, I think, but, uh, some people do like this one better. I don't know. I never felt as sucked into this main character, uh, or I guess the story. It's hard quite to say. Mm. Then I did Good Time. I think it's because Good Time had some really simple and emotional, um, like goals or things that it was playing at. And and yeah, this. Uh-huh. Oh, I was. I just wanted to say real quick, yeah. and yet uh, it's seemed a little more out there compared to like this one in the sense. I don't know. Like to me, I I guess this one could be considered somehow more down to earth type of thing or something like not. I don't know, not exactly, but I mean, there's probably plenty of people like that or that are, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, maybe not quite that crazy, but just, uh, it might just seem like to some people like a more interesting, uh, setup. And I, I don't, you know, necessarily think that, but I mean, I love good time, but, um, I'm not sure since I know Adam Sandler. I know it was the most profitable A24 film yet, like of all. I read. Man, I read. That's cool. But that's very cool. And I don't know if Adam Sandler has quite the star power he used to. I mean, he still has plenty, but he's not like you know at the top right now or something. He's not the titan he was. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like just because of him, I don't think it was necessarily the highest grossing is all I so it's not just him no you're right. I mean I know Kevin Barnett, the basketball player, right, was uh, playing himself in the I movie. I was surprised that he was in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and actually did pretty decent I thought for you yeah. know, athletes and stuff. Yes. Yes, I I thought so too. Um he was very fitting. And I actually like uh Rakeith Stanfield a lot. Uh, I mean, I know kind of a lot of people do. He's kind of a, a person that's kind of hyped right now, but uh, I still like him. And he's he's been pretty funny and everything that he's in. He he's the uh, Howard's friend. He's also in Get Out as the guy with the hat. Um, oh, I remember. And uh, yeah, in this movie, he had the like braided hair um, and he was his friend. And so he, he's in the movie uh, and he's good too. He's, you know, solid. He doesn't have anything... Eh, you know, he's not the most special character, but he's he's in there and he's a solid, you know, solid uh, side character. He's got some funny, you know, funny parts. He's solid. So it's a uh, I feel like a uh, good time is sort of about the um, it's kind of a character study, but it's kind of this event that's playing out. And 
you're more getting a bird's eye view of this, you know, bad crime gone wrong. And Uncut Gems feels like a character study where it does feel sort of like a um, a smarter movie in some ways. Where it's meant to, when I say smart, I just mean it's meant to invoke more thought. Uh, so not, I don't want to say it's, uh, it's hard to say smarter. That's kind of a bad way of describing it. But it's just meant to invoke more thought. And have you, you know, bring more philosophical questions to you than Good Time, which is just supposed to be sort of like an entertaining, like just a roller coaster. And I may have had expectations like that. And uh, but I was studying and my favorite part was just watching Adam Sandler uh, as this character, because this this is quite a quite a character. And he, he works hard. at it. I mean, there's like there's lots of. Uh, like little details with how he talks to everyone and how he, his nuances. Uh, I mean, he really is committed to the character and like proves himself. It's just so strange how he's, it's the same person as uh, it's just weird, but you know, it makes for me, it earns uh these are my respect because it kind of shows, at least for me, I read it. I read it as, everything else that he does, like all of his other stuff that people make fun of him for and give him crap about, that's probably his money-making stuff. He probably doesn't care about it, and that's probably why it like it looks like crap, and he probably knows that. And he, I don't he think... Just, he probably just has some fun doing it, and at the end of the day, it's just like, cool, I can make money hanging out with friends, like actors I work with a lot, and it's like just, you know, nothing to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, big YouTube uh, movie reviewer Red Letter Media, Media pointed out that uh, Adam Sandler has a tendency for making those when he's making those movies like uh, Grown Ups. Grown Ups, yeah, I was that's the one I was looking for. Grown Ups and uh, Jack and Jill and some of these mm-hmm. other movies, they take place in Hawaii or very very vacationist places so they're sort of red letter media has joked and it makes sense i mean there's nothing hard evidence true about this that he you know it's a way for him to like go on a vacation with his friends and just goof off and just record you know like you have the money you have the extra five million dollars laying around or what have you so uh, (laughs) and you just i mean it's more expensive than that but i most of his movies are not high like not high budget exactly. of, of those movies mm. and uh he just has he actually has a new netflix movie out called the the, the wrong missy <laughs> mm. it's uh <laughs> yeah i'm not sure it looks is it something crazy like the zohan or something yeah it looks yeah, <laughs> i it never looks seen bad. that one but i know yeah, that's I mean, one of his like most off the wall uh, and i i think ebert actually like enjoyed the movie or something just because of how stupid, <laughs> how stupid and, it was yeah, yeah just funny and just straight like entertaining even though he you know realized it was dumb absurd or whatever but yeah yeah he had fun with it so that's where uh uh i can get that with some movies too i feel like you know everyone will have their kind of dumb fun movies that are that they can admit are dumb and you know kind of fun too but uh, I mean, not everyone, but just lots of people. Uh, exactly, I agree. 
Um, but when someone has, you know, yeah, punch drunk love in uh, Meyer Witt stories, and even like funny people, I thought was yeah. it was a good mix for him, like a good balance. I like that one. Yeah, I remember I started that movie with a friend. We got like halfway through and we're like, man, this movie is not funny. And we like turned it off <laughs> because we were into like uh, Knocked Up and uh, Pineapple that, Express. That, Pineapple Express, that, that Hangover movie, Hangover oh, and right. things, things like that. And then uh, my, my buddy rewatched it and said, you have to watch it as a drama. It's great. And then uh, I pretty sure i did i don't at this point i don't remember anything about the movie but i remember that i had was telling people that it was a good movie so i'm pretty sure at some point i watched it but i've forgotten a lot of those type of movies so (laughs) it's been a while uh since i've liked kind of those uh around i i well funny people is a different movie i'm sorry but it's since around that era uh, like super bad uh, a lot of that, like raunchy, right? Late was, late two thousands, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it was all over the place, and but always... uh, right. But yeah, he he just has those flashes of that we remember and that we want, uh, you know. Yeah, no more. So, uh, uncut gems, I think, was a good movie. I liked uh good time more uh good time was very very thrilling for me very effective uh lots of lights very uh like close kind of it kind of had that close shaky cam it kind of looked low budget but it really fits uh, this close new york space and right now i'm talking about good time uh (laughs) but it's uncut gems has a lot of this too uh where everything's shot very uh, kind of close and personal, and it's very shiny, mm-hmm. very very shiny. But I I liked it. I thought it was uh, more than solid movie. I thought it was good, uh, very good. But I also didn't love it. Uh, I can see myself rewatching it, but just sort of like you described, I was I'm not in a hurry to rewatch it and. Um, Immediately after Good Time, I was pretty. I maybe not immediately, but I've been rewanting to watch Good Time since watching it. So uh, I'll perhaps give Uncut Gems another watch, you know, down the road because I may mer- learn more from it. Uh, some of my favorite movies have been that way, so perhaps this one will grow on me. But for now, I'll give it a like, you know, a B or an eight out of ten because it is good. Definitely. I don't know if you have any kind of score for or. Would you recommend it? Uh, I I did enjoy it, and um, it, if not, at least for just, I mean, Adam Sandler just his interactions with uh, all the characters, and he's just a charismatic <laughs> guy. Like, yeah, it's almost like, and he's not, you know, uh, going over the top or or just goofy like. You know the other movies we were mentioning, the Grown Ups or something like that. Yeah, it's he still has his charisma, and he can still keep that and still tell a grounded tale. So, even though he's a whole different character too, he, <laughs> right. like, he wasn't himself, and he still was like when he's on the screen, you kind of 
he really absorbs all the attention. Mm. Um, and it, I, just how he talked, how he acted, uh, he's, he's really, uh, Adam Sandler, I really improved himself. So I was glad that we watched it. I'm glad that Adam Sandler can still pull it off. Uh, it's cool. Uh, did you have a movie to recommend? Uh, there's, uh, Jojo Rabbit. Oh, Jojo is going to be pretty, I don't like to use the word epic, but I'm willing to use the word epic in this, in this scenario, because <laughs> it's, a uh, Taika Waititi, he directed Thor Ragnarok, and, uh, boy, I've never seen that one, uh, and he's, Same. some other movies, um, that, that, uh, have been well received, so I'm interested to see this, and he plays Hitler, I, I don't know everything about the movie, but I know it is a movie uh, not about Hitler, but Hitler is a character in the movie. It's about Nazis. It's a, I think it's about a boy gr- like kind of growing up in Nazi country, and it's sort of a it's a dark comedy, I think. <laughs> but I know it's funny, but that's about as much as I know. Uh, it, I'm more interested because to make anything funny about, you know, the Hitler character, it's just going to be, you know, sensitive material. And, uh, this director is very good. Taika Waititi is very good. I like what he does. And, uh, I've seen one other movie from him besides Thor Ragnarok. And I, uh, Oh, into the shadows. It's, uh, or not, maybe not, no, not into the shadows. It's, uh, what we do in the shadows. Oh, it sounds familiar. Into the Shadows. That's the boring Johnny Depp movie. Uh, <laughs> it's very boring. Don't watch that one. Um, but what we do in the Shadows is like a vampire mockumentary. Uh, hmm. And it has uh, Jermaine Clement, who's, gosh, he's, he's from Flight of the Concords. He's also the bad guy in Men in Black 3. He's in a few other oh. things. He's really funny, <laughs> though. Uh, but anyway. We'll do Jojo Rabbit. That's cool. Well, you pick Jojo Rabbit. So Jojo yeah. Rabbit, is it available on uh, a service that you found, like Prime? Uh, no, unfortunately. But I, I just figured uh, I might have to either Redbox or just break down and pay the three or four ninety nine to watch. Yeah, Since... I mean that's like. <laughs> that's like the price of you know a cheeseburger too from you know from a place i i just i just mean it's it, that would be okay if you you yeah. know what i mean yeah um, i don't mind uh it's uh i mean it uncut gems is was kind of an anomaly since that one still like was fairly recent it felt like and it already came but yeah there's no telling if these will come soon or not so Uncut Gems didn't even get any, not that I care about the Oscars. Sometimes I just like make notes about it, but it didn't get any, uh, like Adam Sandler didn't get, you know, best, best actor nominee or anything. They, the Oscars do not like the Safdie brothers because good time also got zero like nominations. So Robert Pattinson didn't get anything, uh, from, for good time. Uh, <laughs> Adam Sandler gets nothing for Uncut Gems. Safety brothers get nothing. It's it's Crazy. you know yeah they just don't like them. So uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know why, but it doesn't matter. I'm 
doesn't matter. Uh, Jojo Rabbit next episode. Okay, cool. Uh, so we'll meet back up and we'll talk for about Jojo Rabbit and our news for then. Uh, thank you for joining us. Any listeners who've uh, made it into the mysterious forest this far with us. It's pretty yeah. deep. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, this has been fun, Devin. Thank you for uh, talking with me. I uh, appreciate our friendship. Um, and this is, this is great. So we will talk uh, next week then about JoJo. JoJo yeah. Rabbit. Sounds good. JoJo Rabbit. I can't, I can't right. help it. <laughs> it sounds like yeah. Mojo JoJo. Oh, yeah. Powerpuff Girls. JoJo <laughs> Rabbit. Jojo. I'm going to be doing that all week. Or, or the pop star JoJo from the 2000s yeah. or yeah, yeah, and and isn't there someone new called Joji or something? Uh, like, probably. I've seen. I swear, I've seen like some musical act named Joji, like G J O J I, floating. Just the name oh, floating around. Yeah, I don't know what All right, Devin. Well, this is uh, this is fun. Have a good night. Goodbye, everyone. All Bye. Right. Take care. Absolutely. Bye. <laughs>